0: Welcome back to the Life in Digital podcast. We're kicking off 2023 with a brand new episode for the US edition. Dan sat down with Global Chief Marketing Officer at GumGum, Erin McCowan, to discuss the importance of finding contextual opportunities as we approach a cookie future in the US. With third-party data tracking on the decline, contextual targeting is on the rise, and GumGum's contextual intelligence solutions are leading the way in the new digital advertising landscape you enjoy So, welcome Erin to the Life in Digital Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, it's really, really, really be good here. to have you on. I think this is our fifth podcast now that we're doing that in the US, so I appreciate it. And of course, your first podcast. <laughs> yes,
1: my first podcast. Top it? five. I'm very excited. Thanks. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, at
0: least this will be your best podcast that you've done. That's right. that's right. That's right. Well, thank you for joining. So, um, yeah, I guess what would be good to start off with is obviously just telling us a bit about yourself, please, and of course about GumGum. Do you mind starting with that?
1: Sure. Yeah, that's, that's the... Easiest question. So um, yeah, I'm a I'm a lifelong marketer. I've been marketing over 20 years. Um, Love it, seen a lot of change. You know, I I started in marketing when there wasn't smartphones or social media, so quite a bit of change has happened. Mm. Um, And now I'm part of an amazing company uh, called Gum Gum. We're a contextual first advertising platform. Mm. And we've been around for 15 years, and contextual is in our DNA. this is a, a day and time when privacy concerns are, are more rampant than ever. Consumers are much more aware of what's happening with their data, um, and they're taking, they want to take back control of you know, how data is used. And what I love and what, what brought me to Gum is the fact that um, we first and foremost have been built around contextual targeting and not behavioral targeting. So we don't need the cookie to succeed. We've been building a business 15 years not around a cookie but around contextual and um, it's an amazing time for the business. We've seen huge growth, and it's been um, it's been a pleasure to come on board over the past year and help them build out the business. I bet, I bet, I
0: can't imagine things before phones and everything. So yeah. <laughs> I
1: know. I tell some of the folks on the team, as you know, I started when there wasn't a smartphone. Some of the some of the younger people on yeah. the team look at me like, "So what did you do?" I know because it's it's. It's crazy, you yeah. know. Um, even even digital publishing was new. I spent nine years in publishing. I spent about a, a decade in ad tech, but before that, nine years in mm-hmm. publishing. And publishing, I was there in the early days where, um, you know, we still printed a daily newspaper and had it hand delivered across cities. And this idea of moving content to the web and. Offering it there was, you know, it was a fad. Mm. So it's yeah. I feel it like now. I'm I'm making myself sound very old. <laughs> I've seen a lot. You started very young. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I started when I was twelve. <laughs> so
0: yeah. No. Well, of course. I mean, two decades of experience is, is huge, and I guess you must have so many proud moments from of course that time. Like, yeah. are there any standout moments within that that maybe you're most proud of?
1: I mean, I think you know. Like any good marketer, I think you're you're only as good as that that last you know um, big big moment. And so mm-hmm. when I think about just this calendar year and what we've done at Gum Gum, we've launched in eight new markets um, with our acquisition of Just Premium. We did also an acquisition of a company called Playground, which um, brings mm-hmm. attention measurement to our platform, and just the integration of those businesses and the work we've done there um, is probably like my my most recent proud moment. Um, you know, over the years I've got to work with other amazing companies as they've transitioned like i mentioned in publishing mm-hmm. uh, from a print to a digital business it was with a company called outbrain mm-hmm. um, that's a native advertising platform and had the pleasure to ipo with them and so that was a proud wow. moment but i think when i think back of this past year um because this is a reflective time of year on the holidays it's definitely all the work that our global marketing team has done to expand gum gum um, which, you know, predominantly had a business in the US, UK, and Japan, and now we operate in six out of the 10 uh, digital advertising markets globally, and that's come with amazing, amazing growth and amazing work by the marketing team. So it's a, it's a pleasure to work alongside them and, and grow the business.
0: Absolutely, for sure. That sounds great. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> within your experience, I know, of course, you've had experience agency and in-house. Yes. So which is harder and maybe why? <laughs>
1: Both are very hard. Um, you know, I'll bet my, my couple years in an agency was an experiential agency, but I think the, the idea of um, the agency work, I mean, it, it's, it's hard work, right? It's very hard. It's, um, you know, you really have to get to understand your clients and, and understand their changing needs. And, and depending on the economic conditions um, or you know a number a number of factors depending on the sector. I mean you're you're always trying to come up with solutions that best solve their problems. Um, arguably on the vendor side too, you're also trying to understand from those clients the, the same thing to bring solutions to the table. And so I think both both have challenges. I think you know from when when you're a vendor, you know like on the gum gum side. I think what what we hope to have and build in the relationships with our agency partners is is authenticity right Mm -hmm. we want them to tell us what their problems are and their pain points what keeps them up at night Mm -hmm. so that we can provide better solutions you know when when i've been in-house um and working with agencies you know sometimes you're trying to bring your your best self forward into that conversation and just seeing what the vendor can offer but Mm -hmm. i think when you do that there's a miss because if you're not authentic about the real challenges and pain points, the vendor can come back with a cookie cutter solution um, instead of maybe the one that is really solving for the challenges. So, um, I think there's something to be learned from having experience on both sides that authenticity and transparency um, in those relationships is critical to to you know uh, providing the right solutions and you know for for the challenges they face.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess that leads quite nicely into my my next question, which, of course, you know, having worked in both, you know, is there anything maybe you could pick out that you did learn from from each side specifically? that would be worth sharing with uh, our listeners.
1: I think um, for you know the advertising agencies, there's I, I've learned a lot of compassion. Um, their sure. model, their business models have changed over the years, and they have a lot of pressures
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to meet the needs, the ever changing needs of the brand. So I think first and foremost is. You know, you come in and you need to be a thought partner, right? You need to really help them understand the landscape. I mean, even myself as a CMO, you know, the the, the privacy the governmental uh, changes in privacy, all of the, the terminology and advertising, CPMs and, and brand lift studies and all of this data, like don't assume that your, your clients understand it all. You have to come in and help explain it to them, you know, and, and be a good educational thought partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things. There's a perception that, um, oh, an agency knows it all, but they need help, right? Mm-hmm. And they should rely on their vendors to help them. I think that's one of the big takeaways, and I think it could be a missing, a missing component to a good relationship because if you're assuming that the agency, you know, knows it all and the vendor's just coming in, that you could steamroll over them and they, they really miss something. Mm -hmm. um, that's valuable in in
0: building the relationship. Absolutely. I agree. I'm still confused by everything in that (laughs) way. (laughs) You know, it's okay to
1: say, Hey, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you explain a little to me more about what's going on there or the tech, you know, I mean, again, the CMO remit is expansive. And when you're going in and talking to CMOs, um, there's a lot on their plate. Yeah, And so, um, you know, how can you help them level up and learn and educate them, I think it's something that, you know, it's a great mm-hmm. opportunity for a lot of vendors to, to do better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's okay to ask is the main thing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't be
1: afraid to ask and be and be ready to help educate. Correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's great. Right. Yes. Okay, then. So I, I guess, of course, uh, you know, that those years of experience you've got, you've got a lot of cross-industry experience, of course, that you've just seen, seen there. So if you maybe had to choose one sector though that you love working in the most, you know, uh, what, what would that be, do you think? I...
1: People that know me know that um, I've been saying for years that oh you know this is my last advertising technology company and I'm 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 going to leave and go somewhere else and I I say that because it's so dynamic and it's ever changing but I really love it I mean yeah. I have to I have to admit I love that it's dynamic I love that every year looks a little bit different there's very big challenges to solve and so I think it's been. Um, my favorite sector to work in, hands down. I'm also very passionate about the publishing industry. I spent nine years in publishing. Mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, a free and independent press is critical to um, democratized, you know, societies and, and a healthy society. I, I don't want a big tech company um, writing news and telling me what I should think. I mm-hmm. want that independent journalist giving me a point of view. And so I think um, and in and, and advertising technology, you know, helps those publishers thrive and survive. So, I think I, I'd like, I, if I have to pick one, I'd, I'd pick advertising tech.
0: Right, nice, okay, cool. Just in case anyone from GumGum's listening, of course. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that sounds great. Okay, then, so I, I guess maybe again, thinking about these different sectors, you know, which sector do you maybe foresee might struggle potentially the most then in the coming year, and, and maybe why? And of course, what well, they'll want to know is how could they maybe prevent that?
1: You know, I don't think there's any. One sector. I think that you know every year, um, brands and CMOs are challenged challenged with different um, things. Whether it be socio political, economical, it could be internal, product related, and they have to find the opportunities. So you know right now. Um, it's definitely a stormy environment where what's probably in a recession that we'll learn about afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's opportunity in it, though, right? And so marketers have to really rethink about how they leverage advertising in those moments. Um, you know, definitely some brands will pause advertising because they think that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it is. I think there's countless brands over the years that have shown that, you know, when you lean in in these moments and you find these opportunities, there's an amazing opportunity to gain more share of voice and market share. I think the the example of, of Kellogg and the Great Depression is one that most marketers know where they leaned in where others didn't and they grew 30%, um, uh, you know, in terms of, of sales and growth and, mm-hmm. and market share. And so, um, you know, it's 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 are you willing to take that a little bit of risk? Yeah. Uh, But lean in and find the and find that, you know, that break between the clouds because there always is Mm, there always is. So I think, you know, what we're trying to do at Gum Gum with our um, clients is just, um, you know, sit with them and think of how how to leverage the advertising more thoughtfully um, and and position, um, you know, position themselves in the best light. You know, Mm. another thing when I think about this time that we're in, it really is about meeting people in the moment. Right. Because right now, you know, the ad campaign that you were running in January is not something that you should probably be running now, given Mm -hmm. the environment that we're in and consumers are being more mindful of spend, being more thoughtful about, you know, um, how they're going to spend their dollars and what Mm -hmm. brands they're much more, much more conscious of what brands are doing in terms of the environment. Um, you know, DEIB, there's so many things that consumers, they want to see from brands. So you can't take that message from January and use it today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's about meeting that consumer today in their mindset. And that's all what we're about at Mm GumGum. We have um, something called the Mindset Matrix, and we call it what's the blueprint for digital advertising. It's about meeting that consumer in the frame of mind in the moment that they're in. And we've been building technology around it to actually help advertisers do that all without the the use of cookies because mm-hmm. we don't believe that you need um, that personal data um, to have a great advertising experience and um, you know so we've been we've been really working with a lot of our brands and agencies now to say how do you how do you shift that messaging to be more of the moment mm-hmm. because that's really the, the environment that we're in right mm-hmm. again when I started in marketing the web was new no smartphones no anything like that now it's people are in the mindset of want something i need it what do you have and then they move on to the next thing mm. um and so your advertising has to has to follow suit and i think that that is uh that's that's just the way we're going to operate now regardless of recession or not but mm. the recession is a great time to be a little bit more thoughtful mm. around that messaging and, and meeting folks in that moment and start to make that pivot if you haven't yet because you have to now
0: yeah for sure yeah it sounds yeah. great i love mindset matrix it sounds great doesn't <laughs> it that's a good one Okay, well, thank you for that. So, I, I guess when it comes then to marketing spend and, and activity, what media channels do you maybe consider at the moment the most important and of course the most valuable?
1: Yeah, I think you know, any any good marketer will tell you it's going to depend on the consumer you're trying to reach, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't think there's necessarily one channel that that works for every um, for every consumer because mm-hmm. each each audience segment um, might have a, a different mix. So you've really got to learn your consumer, you've got mm. to learn their buyer journey and you've got to learn what works for them. Um, but if I, if I had to answer the question, I would say, you know, uh, digital publishing, right? Okay. Like that's something that's been, you know, throughout the years, when you think about um, newspapers and magazine, it's been an always on constant platform. Mm. Now it's online. And I think it's, an, it's a platform that um, puts brands, you know, in it, its quality content, right? It's mm-hmm. written by journalists and newsrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, an independent blogger or someone writing maybe something inappropriate on Facebook, uh, an opinion. Like, there's not those brand safety concerns where <laughs> in on the publishing platforms, again, it's backed by a team of reputable journalists. And it, I think it's a good always-on platform. Um, tactic to consider as part of your mix
0: um,
1: that I think has been, you know, uh, o- over the years has been that o- always-on constant that that sure. marketers should always, you know, factor in.
0: Yeah, okay. Quality content from digital publishing, right? Yes. That sounds yes. good. Okay, cool. That's good advice. Well, I guess moving on from that as well, so maybe what do you consider the leading light in a marketing campaign that, that ensures success?
1: Um, I think that, you know, when I, when I think about a successful campaigns, you've got to have goals in mind. Um, you know, it's interesting, even when we have clients and this is over the years in ad tech, they come and they talk about a campaign. A lot of times they're not really sure mm-hmm. what goals they're trying to hit. They have metrics, but they don't really know what the outcome is, you know, and that's an important conversation to have your with your client trying to get to that ac- outcome, because if you're not aligned on the outcome mm-hmm. of what the campaign is meant to deliver then you can give them a, a thousand pages of KPIs, but it might miss the mark, yeah. right? So I find that oftentimes it's very easy to start with the tactics or even the data nowadays. But okay, so you know, if if this, if if reaching a thousand people, like a thousand of who, who are you trying to reach? What do you hope they they walk away with? Mm-hmm. Those conversations are really important to have and I still think it's a struggle sometimes with marketers, um, even with Working within their own organizations to align on that. Mm. It's very easy to start. You know, a Kim, you know, a brand will come to us and say, "Well, we're throwing an event. And we have to drive awareness." But what's the event for? What do you want that outcome to be? Oftentimes, it's it's actually a misconversation that's mm. happened. You have to go back and circle. Very
0: circle easily around. overlooked, I'm sure. Is it start with the outcome, work back? You yes. Know? <laughs> yes. Sure.
1: Because it's easy, right? I mean, yeah. it's easy to think about those tangible tactics, but. It's harder to have the more strategic conversation. Sure, like that. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Well, I guess I don't know if it does, but it
0: It does. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Well, well, maybe this next one you probably answer it in one word. But uh, how important do you think then technology is, of course, in modern marketing? Uh,
1: You know, I again over 20 years ago we didn't have the tech stacks that are available today. But I will tell you one of the first questions I ask when um, when even considering you know. opportunities for for myself is what's your Salesforce instance look like? Mm. You know, salesforce.com starts with the word sales, but Mm. it might as well say marketing because Mm. if you don't have a healthy Salesforce instance, you can't make marketing attributable. You can't segment your audience. You don't have enough audience insights or customer insights to actually build um, successful marketing campaigns. And so, you know, being able to understand, um, you know, Yes, a company could be making hundreds and millions of dollars, but they don't know where those dollars are coming from and why people come back and buy you or why you lose business. Mm-hmm. And again, I think about all of that data living in Salesforce. If you don't know that, it's very hard to be a good marketing partner to an organization. So single handedly, I think Salesforce is the most important tech to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, if you're going into an organization that does maybe has it but doesn't use it, I think for any marketer, you know, exploring an opportunity, they should be asking, well, is there an opportunity to improve it, right? And if there's appetite for it, then go in and make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't, it's very hard to justify um, your marketing spend and, and mm-hmm. investment because yeah. you won't have that outcome. You, because ultimately, marketers nowadays should be thinking about how am I driving revenue for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not just you know marketing 20 years ago was one sheets and events right and we still do those but but really um, successful organizations see marketing as a valued partner and a revenue driver of the business mm-hmm. and that means having kpis and metrics that actually show activities lead to tac- tactics and activities lead to pipeline lead to revenue of course yeah. and that all lives in salesforce.
0: I hope you on commission from Salesforce. Yeah, I <laughs> that was a good plug. There, I should be. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true. Yeah, it is. Or I your know. CRM of choice. <laughs> <laughs> there are available. Fair enough, then. Okay. So, I guess, in terms, of will see you, of course. So, I guess, what technology would you say maybe makes your life easier as CMO? And, and of course, what take tech makes things easier for GumGum as a marketing platform?
1: Um, I think, you know, definitely Salesforce, like mm. I said, or CRM, CRM of choice also project management tools, because mm-hmm. marketing is, um, you know, 3% ideas and 97% execution. And so mm-hmm. marketing sits at the hubs of, of every organization, right? We work with our stakeholders across the world, of course, different lines of business, and being able to manage um, all of the, the meetings, the notes, the expectations, the tactics, the timeline to deliver on campaigns. If you're not using a project management tool, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how uh, you operate a healthy marketing organization. So it sounds so simple, but I definitely worked at marketing organizations where they haven't had project management tools. I said how can you possibly,
0: you know, capture
1: everything and, and make sure everything um, is done on time and mm-hmm. to expectations. So I think hands down, those are those are the tool, tools that, you know, at a baseline you need. I mean there's a lot of other um, platforms and things to consider, but I think just starting there is is
0: really critical. Yeah, Really critical. Absolutely, I'm sure. Okay. All right, then. So I guess in terms of, see looking forward to maybe what do you find are maybe the biggest pain points that you're having here with any marketing campaigns at the moment, anything in particular standing out?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, again, it's, it's that alignment on, on what the shared outcome is Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's an education that I've had across many companies I've joined again, because they start, a lot of people start with tactics or, you know, they say, I need a press release or I need to throw this event. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a conversation of, okay, you need this, but why, you know, tell me about the customer that you're trying to reach. Tell me about their pain points. Have we learned enough to be able to execute that tactic successfully or do we have some homework to do? Um, And I find that for a lot of organizations, that's a pivot to the way they think, they've thought or worked with marketing organizations in the past, so I think like a healthy, successful marketing organization today puts those questions out there to their stakeholders and has those conversations because they need to be had. Otherwise, you can throw a spectacular event, mm-hmm. but the outcome might not actually, you know, be what you want it to be because you've actually never aligned. You know, I can get 10,000 people, I don't know, well, maybe not since the pandemic, but I can get <laughs> thousands of people in a room sure at a great event but but so what yeah why is that maybe i just need five of the right decision makers in a room right mm-hmm. and have a series of you know dinners or things depending on on what we're trying to do but if i can get those decision makers in a room they could they could you know be the be the change that the company needs to make mm-hmm. or they could they could facilitate revenue into the business versus throwing some some you know mm-hmm. amazing party or or activity so but again it's all about that customer. Yeah. The customer sits at the core of what you do. You have to understand and and learn them. And yeah. I think that that it's just like I said an ongoing education process mm-hmm. and I think that every every marketer probably listening to this was nodding their head because um, there's not a marketer that I haven't met that has those challenges with organizations. Yeah. You know, organizations are very quick to make noise just to, just for the sake of making noise and it's important to be thoughtful about, you know, who you're trying to reach and making mm-hmm. sure that you reach the right people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great message to pass over for sure. So, yeah. uh, I guess maybe just to kind of wrap things up here, last question. So, obviously, it's very nearly 2023 now, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, what What would you maybe see? What well, What would make your year really in this industry for what we've got left? Like, is there anything specific that maybe you can pick out?
1: I want to see. I want to see more. You know brands and agencies and and all of us, you know, continue to put the customer front and center. And Mm -hmm. I think consumers have spoken. They don't want their use of personal data used. And there's a better way of advertising. And I think any any brand that hasn't started to um, and contextual is, you know, first party data. There's different ways to think about how to operate in in a post cookie world. But if you haven't already done that work, you have to reach out to vendors, get yourself educated and make the move because it is happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's important that um, that brands and agencies are making those pivots. You know, if you haven't, you're already behind, but mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to catch up. Um, I think Google just announced this week again that, you know, 2024 is the year the cookie is gone, right? So what are, what are you doing today? So I think it is gonna happen, but I'd love to see um, brands and agencies be more proactive around that, that change. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have this opportunity now to really test and see what the right mix um, of post-cookie targeting will look like, um, so you can set yourself up for success. And if you wait until December of next year, you're going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, and I'd hate to see that happen when there's a lot of vendors like GumGum today that can that can help you do that. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, especially as it relates to contextual. There's a lot of contextual vendors, right? As I said in the in the beginning, it's in it's in Gum Gum's DNA. We've been doing this for 15 years. This isn't like we're not hopping on the contextual bandwagon. That honestly, a lot of other ad tech vendors are because um, it is it is the buzzword. So um, I think that you've got to really. Fully vet the vendors mm. that are talking about their contextual capabilities mm. and really understand the nuances and the differences because mm. they are far advanced. Mm. And a company that's been doing it for 15 years, um, hopefully, and I, I like to think that we do have more advanced solutions mm. and capabilities than an organization that's been talking about it for the past 18 months. Absolutely. Uh, you know, hands down, do your homework, right? Mm. Of course, I'm going to say Gum Gum is the answer, but do your homework, and I think mm. you'd be pleasantly surprised that. Um, I think I'm gonna miss your answer. Yeah. So. <laughs> that sounds good. And it's a similar message we've had
0: from a couple other guests on our podcast. Is that like Google might be kicking the can down the, the road a little bit, but it's happening. Make these changes now. React now.
1: That's right. You can get, go on your phone today and 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 make your whole experience very private. No yeah. tracking. You know, and a yeah. and a lot of consumers are doing that. Mm-hmm. So d- don't don't think that you know it's not already happening. And yes. and the cookie isn't as um, valuable as it once was. So so don't don't wait.
0: Right, perfect, good advice. All okay. right. Well thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been great finding more about you, Gum Gum, of course, and, and your insights into the industry. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. A
0: huge thank you to Erin and Dan for kicking off 2023. If you want to find out more about the work Erin and Gum Gum are doing, we will link to them in the show notes and via our new website. We hope you'll join us next time for another episode of Life in Digital.